Well, hello there. It's the weekend program, and it's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight up front. Let's just say what our mail is. It's mail at itsanotherday.com. We have a phone number too, right? It's 833-538-7868. I got got some very interesting audio in today's program. This is the kind of program that our listeners might want to listen to more than once. Because and share with a friend. When we do a absolutely. show like this, yes. you've got to sit there and go, oh, that was good. Well, if it was good, you've got like-minded friends you got to share, which I'm seeing that cropping up a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, you know, we both got up and we knew what we were going to talk about, but, you know, both of us were just going... Well, you know, not feeling the hottest today. <laughs> That's true. You know, this show is probably, we may, might have to bag this one. And then I said, you know, actually, it felt really good when we did it. And yeah. then you came and you called me back and said, you know. The show works. Yep. It was, you know, not that we can do it in that, our sleep. But that happens, though. That, that does happen. There are times when any talent anywhere doing any show Right. That doesn't feel in sync. You know, they don't feel like they're on their game when they start the, when they open the mic and, and they actually kind of surprise themselves because I had a guy say to me once, a very good, talented, uh, programmer say, you know, you get to a point in your career where, uh, you never do a bad show. Some shows are better than other shows, but you never really do a bad show because you've been doing it for so long. And I thought, you know, this, there's some truth to that, and I and I think that that's probably what happened yesterday. We felt out of sync, and maybe internally we felt like we weren't doing a good show. But in retrospect, when, when we listened to it in post, it was like not bad, decent show. But I think today's program is going to be don't sp- jinx it, don't jinx it. No, but I think it. it's I think it. it's going to be special. I really do because what well, we have a lot of audio. You got to pay attention, really pay attention to this audio. The first thing we should talk about is something you and I were discussing just before the show. A friend of mine sent me a piece of audio. Mm-hmm. And it's from a site called geoengineeringwatch.org. Right. Run by engineers and, and, and scientists who try to explore uh, theories about uh, certain you know, certain things that happen in our world. You know, they talk about things like uh, global warming. Is it real? Is And they don't necessarily poo-poo one side or the other. They just kind of look into the different areas and come to their own conclusions scientifically. Well, they put together a video called um, Asking the Question, Was Hurricane Ian Manipulated? And I thought, well, what's this, you know? We all know the damage that Hurricane Ian has done in Florida. What do they call it? Uh, a 500-year hurricane? It's a 500-year storm. It's Now, let, let's talk about that just for a second before we get into that. Uh, a lot of people have died. A lot of damage awful, has been awful. done. And it, that, that storm came in, and then it just creeped through. Right through the swath, the middle of the Awful. state. Awful. He just cut it right in half. Cut it right in half. And, you know, its tentacles spread left and right. So that whole state has gotten hit by something that nobody in our lifetime, our parents' lifetime, our grandparents' lifetimes, and the people before that have seen. It's, it's, it's very devastating. And not only that, but it went out into the Gulf Stream 
when it was a tropical storm, it recharged itself. It became a hurricane again. It's a, it's a, right. uh, now heading toward the South Carolina coast as a hurricane. Right. And it's going to pick up steam. And that's what I was going to say. This thing is not just there. It is, this thing is more potent in some ways than a nuclear bomb. They, that's true. You know, and, you know, it, it's a bomb They hurricane. say what it did to Fort Myers. They said if you looked at Fort Myers the day before the storm, it's a picturesque, beautiful city, really a nice place. It's a vacation destination. And if you looked at it that right after Hurricane Ian went through, it looked like it was bombed by a, a nuclear bomb. Now, they're under martial law today. They, they call it a curfew, but if you've never lived in a, a place that's been hit by a hurricane. I've been through several of them because I used to live in Florida for a while. You know, radio took me down there. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, and in Alabama, I went through, uh, what was the one in 79 Frederick? Um, I believe it was what it was called. And that was, and they said it was a three, but it really came in at a five because of the winds. Uh, I can tell you when I was out on the causeway, uh, you know, the, the winds were cl clipping over 150 miles an hour. And, you know, you would just see things You'd be looking at something, holding on to something, and then all of a sudden, it's gone, and you're going, oh, it, it was something. But they did martial law and where they came in, and they said, there's a curfew. You get up in the morning, you have to stay basically like a shelter in place in your little area. Mm -hmm. You could go to the water lines, the cheese lines, the food lines, and then you could go home, but you were in the evening. Now, back then, media was something. So I had one of those media passes that I could be out after curfew. And, yeah, sure, I, I abused it a little bit just to go, you know, checking things out. But the point was, or the point is, is that these people are in a lockdown. There's going to be a lot of thievery going on because mm -hmm. that happens in that. Uh, the rebuild of that is going to take not days, not weeks, but it's going to take months and in, into the year and beyond now, federal dollars will pour in. The thing is, though, they're saying that the government is playing politics with the uh, with the rebuild money already. There's talk that uh, the administration isn't going to give them as much money in Florida as they gave Puerto Rico, for example. Oh, that's because uh, what lives down there, it's a, it's a Republican state. They've yeah. got to use this to flip it Democrat, which would, you know, go, you know, boy, if they had a way of controlling the weather— you know, there's one one surprise that they could really flip on us, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I want you to listen. in This This is the audio from a, a video, and you can see this video at geoengineeringwatch.org, okay? Geoengineeringwatch.org. I'm not terribly familiar with the site. I did go to it and look around it. It seemed legit. It didn't seem like it was a... Uh, a wacko site, you know, a conspiracy theorist. It seemed like they were trying to uh, make serious sense in their videos. And mm -hmm. in the, in this um, audio you're going to hear, at the minute and 20, 25 second mark, you're going to hear a familiar voice. If you watch the video, you know who it is. It's our 36th president of the United States, Lyndon Bain Johnson, okay? That's the voice you're going to hear. It's a president of the United States. So if you hear it and you don't know who it is, you can't figure it out. That's oh, who you'll you, know him. Yeah. That's who you're listening to. This is the, uh, this is the audio. It's uh, not terribly long. 
but it's kind of interesting. Listen. Is our weather and our climate being manipulated? Examine the data in this short report. Decide for yourself. Frequency transmission manipulation of hurricanes are patented processes. The technology is not new. The list of weather modification patents numbers into the hundreds and continues to grow. This is Hurricane Ian passing near the Nexrad transmission facility in Key West, Florida. When the transmission facilities are fully energized, they have a repelling effect on any air mass that has been saturated with electrically conductive climate engineering elements. Patents call for such seeding into storms to be carried out from above by jet aircraft. The Nexrad transmission network then interacts with the storm air mass, determining where a storm will migrate and where it won't. As Hurricane Ian is allowed to make landfall, the frequency transmission facility in Melbourne, Florida, is fully engaged. This effectively slows Ian's migration inland. The transmissions can diminish precipitation in some regions while augmenting it in others. It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world weather modification climate engineering patent holders like raytheon and lockheed martin do all the weather modeling for the nation's weather forecasting personnel the national weather service and the national oceanic and atmospheric administration both agencies have an illegal federal gag order on their personnel. The scheduled weather forecasting scripts are then passed all the way down to the local meteorologist level. The official narrative must be controlled. All must follow the same script. Is it any wonder that the script readers miraculously know up to a week in advance that a storm like Ian, which was completely unorganized, a mass of convection migrating across the Atlantic, would end up where it did? The same with Hurricane Harvey, Sandy, and so many others. The U.S. military first officially deployed hurricane manipulation operations 75 years ago, Project Cirrus. Disastrous results were reported. In 1962, Project Storm Fury surfaced as a continuation of the U.S. military's hurricane manipulation efforts. During the 1960s, the U.S. military continued to expand its weather warfare efforts and knowledge in Vietnam with Project Popeye, a historical fact of record. So the bottom line question is this. Is hurricane manipulation real and ongoing while illegal gag orders and paid off politicians are utilized to keep climate intervention operations out of public consciousness? Connect the dots and decide for yourself. Share credible data from a credible source. Make every day count. Time is not on our side. This is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org. Amazing stuff. Amazing yeah. stuff. And um, and frightening stuff, too. You wonder, why would a government want to control weather? But you heard Johnson say 45, 50 years ago that he who controls the weather controls the world. 
Actually, he said that, what, in 1960? Probably 66, 65. He was president uh, yeah. back in the mid-60s. near 40 years ago, so yeah. there you go. And 50 years ago. Yeah. So when you're sitting there going and, and listening to that, and knowing that even during Ronald Reagan's time, you know, we talked about, well, we can seed the clouds. We know how to seed the clouds, and we can move weather patterns. We can shift it. They do it now. You know, they've done it, but they said, boy, if we shifted a hurricane and it hit some other country, shifted it away from us, well, we would be responsible and financially. Some people will say, why would a government do that to its own people? Why would you have a hurricane? Why would, would you manipulate it into, let's say, Florida? You know, I thought the most interesting thing about that little audio tape was that a week and a half before this started, it was a mass of unorganized weather out in the mid-Atlantic. But yet they were already figuring out the path of this storm. And he also said they have gag order orders from the very top, the most secret, right on down to your local weather. Well, that gets into there's, there's entities of the government. And everybody knows that, oh, that's a bunch of crap. That's bogus. But we do know there's it, that's been fodder of movies for years, that there is the government that we see and know, and then there's the government that we don't know, and that's where the dark black ops and all of the stuff is, and it's very politically driven. Absolutely. I was just going to say, why would you have this happen now? Because it's an October surprise. And we've talked about the money people. There's always been in history... Money people, you could probably trace it down to 10 families that have somewhere along the line have owned in their minds the world and controlled it. Which will lead to our next audio. Okay. Mm -hmm. Our next audio is two parts. We're going to play both parts in this show because you really deserve to hear the whole thing. And even at that, it's only 15 minutes of a 51-minute interview. The 51-minute interview was uh, Joe Hoft of the Gateway Pundit interviewed um, a former Army, actually he was a Marine Corps colonel, Richard Black. He was also a state senator in Virginia. He was also an, an Army officer, a JAG officer. After he finished his term, I guess, in the Marines, he went over and became an Army JAG officer. He spent 32 years in military service. He flew helicopters in Vietnam, to over 250 missions. He's decorated. He's not a fathead, this uh, colonel. He really knows what he's talking about. And I, I said this before on the show, Bill. You may remember this. I've always said mm -hmm. that in the military, the real military officers are the guys who go to the rank of colonel and stop because they're not political enough. They don't play the game enough to go into the general ranks for the most part, okay? I mean, there are some generals who are military men, but uh, most of them are politicians. I, For example, look at Milley. Milley is more politician than he is military man, in my estimation. Oh, yeah. But this guy here, Black, and some other guys uh, that I've heard uh, talk uh, about the military and have real solid answers, they're, they're usually colonels and they— they really have a handle on what they're saying. This guy, Black, he said things that uh, that really scared me. And, and they 
he touched areas that I've thought about so many times, Bill. We've all thought about, well, I know where you're going with this, but if you look at what's going on in the world, you're scared right now. And this guy dots the I's, crosses the T's, and pretty much spells and it out you. For talked you. about the families that are running the world, the Rothschilds mm -hmm. and the Rockefellers and the Klaus Schwab's of the world and, and the Bill Gates and the George Soros's. You know, if you wonder whether a family can control anything, look at Soros. He's one guy, one family, and he is, he's got a system of uh, DAs around our country and, and legal people who have changed the face of our, of our, of our country. You know, Bought we have, and paid for. Yeah. And you know, the World Economic Organization, this is not Bill Knight saying it, not Jim Arrigan saying it. It's, it this is uh, actually, they say it. They say they want the world population to be reduced yes. by 90%. Yes, they do. And when you hear this guy talk, he mentions that if there's a nuclear attack, if there's a nuclear conflagration, Boy, it, easy it, peasy there. it's 60% of our, of our population is going to be wiped out at least. And if you don't think the Nordic stream could throw us into war, then you're not paying attention to reality. Not, I'm not talking about the, the, the bought and paid for news. I'm talking about reality. Most people said to me, uh, uh when I talked to him, how come you, uh, stayed on top of the, uh, Nord stream pipeline story, as opposed to Ian, when everyone was talking Ian over the past couple of days, you guys were still talking the Nord stream pipeline. And I said to him, look at the, the hurricane is, is, is really happening. And there's a lot of local coverage and people are, are getting the information. But what they're not going to get the information about is the Nord Stream situation, which in the long term may alter the face of our planet forever if uh, worse comes to worse. You know? Yeah, I mean, there's things to talk about about Florida and the weather, and DeSantis could be a hero in this, but the Democrats are already saying the hurricane is his fault. And yeah. you know, if you want to point fingers, I'm saying too many Democrats have moved into Florida and they all suck and created the low pressure system to pull it in. Ha ha. That's my yeah. joke. But that thing is not a joke and it's not a joke to blame it on a politician that is, you know, but it's politically charged. But so let's the thing move that, on to the, this guy, the thing is though, if, if that's geoengineering watch.org audio is true, then we have, um, our government has the wherewithal to manipulate weather, not necessarily create weather, but manipulated. If a hurricane is forming and moving towards a certain area, they can they can bump it to go into certain areas. When I say bump it, I mean it's almost like a, if there's a ball rolling along and it's going in a certain direction, and you go over and tap it a little bit, it'll change the course of the tra the trajectory of the storm. That they appear to be able to do. There's a lot of things that we can do, and I'll. I'll, uh, after we do the interview thing, mm -hmm. when we recap everything, if you're going, nah, we can't control the weather. You guys are pushing it there. There was a pretty interesting thing. Now, a while back, they did something that was kind of interesting in science, but something they did last week, I believe it was last week, but either way, it's, it's out there, mainstream news, that we have been able to do scientifically that will blow your mind that is a game changer. This is uh, Colonel Richard Black. He's being interviewed by Joe Hoff of the Gateway Pundit. It's part 
of a 51-minute interview, which you can hear at the Gateway Pundit, and it is it is scary. Mm-hmm. This is probably the scariest part of the interview. Listen. I, I have noticed uh, over the, the months since the war began in Ukraine that uh, you see various neocons, globalists, whatever you want to call them, who come out and they will suggest that uh, we need to be prepared to use nuclear war. Uh, we need, need, we may need uh, nuclear weapons on the battlefield. Now we're not even at war, okay? But, but already they're talking about using nuclear weapons. Um, so there's been a lot of loose talk, and some of it very high level. Um, but the latest thing that sort of got my attention is uh, we've got uh, we've got the senior aide to. Uh, President Zelensky of Ukraine, and uh, he has come out. And here's here's an article. This, this is a headline from Newsweek. U.S. needs to threaten Russia with nuclear strike. Colon Ukraine. In other words, Ukraine is saying U.S. needs to threaten Russia with a nuclear strike. And it, it quotes uh, the senior aide, and um, he says. He says the other nuclear states need to state very firmly that as soon as Russia even thinks about carrying out nuclear strikes on foreign territory, in this case the territory of Ukraine, there will be swift retaliatory nuclear strikes to destroy the nuclear launch sites in Russia. Well, very few people sit back and contemplate what does that mean? Um, if the United States and NATO launch nuclear strikes on Russian territory, not only would those strikes, there's no way that you can limit nuclear strikes to just uh, just the the launch sites for for uh, Russian attacks on Ukraine, but. Russia would be in the point where they see inbound nuclear weapons uh, targeting them. They have perhaps uh, five, ten minutes to evaluate the risk, make a decision, and as a consequence of that short, compressed decision time, everything is done by SOP. It's done by, you know, it, it's pre-planned so, because you, you can't think rationally when, when you're faced with nuclear annihilation, you got five or ten minutes. So what have they done? There's no question that Russia has uh, in its standard operating procedures that uh, if there is a nuclear strike aimed at Russia, Russia will respond with an immediate massive nuclear response. Now, what does that mean? And see, some people think, well, you know, Russia, you know, we can beat up on them. Uh, we, can, we can take them out. We can shoot down their missiles or whatever. It's important for people to understand where we stand right now. now Russia, while it's not a it's not a major economic power, it's not one of the great economic powers of the world. Um, it, it's it's not even a major military power, with one exception, and that is nuclear power. Uh, Russia 
at least on paper, has roughly the same number of nuclear warheads we have. It's somewhere around five, 6,000. Um, now, my guess is that ours are in much better shape than theirs, but I think we can reasonably assume that they have a considerable, considerable number of nuclear weapons ready to go. They have hypersonic missiles, which we don't have. We have no defense against hypersonic missiles. They can come inbound. There's no way we can shoot them down. Um, so there's no doubt if in a nuclear exchange, they would use hypersonic missiles to the extent that they have them. Uh, they would use traditional methods, ICBMs, some of which would, would be shot down. Um, uh, they would use cruise missiles fired from, uh, from jet aircraft. Uh, some of those would be shot down. Uh, but then they would also use uh, nuclear submarines, nuclear-powered submarines. Each of the Russian submarines carries roughly 100 uh, warheads, nuclear warheads. So just a single uh, Russian submarine lying offshore of the East Coast uh, would be able to shower down 100 nuclear weapons and basically uh, destroy the national capital region. Now I'm talking about the U.S. Capitol, uh, the White House, um, uh, the major federal buildings, the major center of Washington, D.C. Uh, they, would, they would turn the Pentagon into, into molten glass. Uh, they would wipe out all of Northern Virginia because the CIA is there, various military uh, associated places. Uh, and uh, uh, then they would, they would tank out down in, uh, you know, they certainly would hit the Norfolk Navy yards, uh, Norfolk Navy base, um, shipyards. Uh, the, the whole region, I'm talking about a single submarine, if it, if it were the only one available at the time. And then you could have another single submarine somewhere in the Baltic Sea or in the, who knows where in the Atlantic, that would target Europe. And what would it hit? It would hit Brussels, it would hit, it would hit uh, Berlin, it would hit Paris, uh, it would hit Rome, it would hit all of the major capitals of Europe, and it would, uh, it would knock out all of the major industrial centers. It would basically just, uh, just uh, set Europe back uh, 400 years in its development. I'm just talking about a couple of submarines. So it's important that the public begins to comprehend what these crazy globalists are talking about. Um, because uh, uh, if we were to follow, and there's sort of this tendency, everybody, oh, rah, rah, you know, Ukraine, they know they've got all the answers. Ukraine is a primitive country. I mean, they're, they're corrupt, they're, they're decadent, morally decadent. They've got a lot of problems. And the idea that somehow we're, gonna, we're going to uh, take directions from them is kind of, kind of bizarre. Okay, that's part one of a two-part uh, uh, audio interview with uh, Colonel Richard Black, retired uh, U.S. Marines and U.S. Army, also right. a former uh, state senator in Virginia, 
and the guy really knows what he's talking about. I mean, he, he's, he's worked in the Pentagon. He was writing executive orders for presidents, mm-hmm. for presidents to sign. And right. so he knows what, about what he's speaking. And, uh, you wonder why would people be encouraging nuclear war? You know, you hear it more and more now. You hear, you know, what he said. Well, is, I think everyone's afraid of it now. They get that there there is a possibility, but do you 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 get it? Do you really get it. what's happening? But here, here we are, he, and he'll say it in part two. Also, we have the Ukraine, this right. this piss ass country. I mean, it's a country that most people didn't know where it was. Before this whole thing started, you couldn't find it on a map. And all of a sudden, this this country, whose government, by the way, was installed by us. People don't mm. know this. In 2014, there was a government change. We forced it, and we put this government in place. And so they're actually doing our bidding right now in the Ukraine. And, you know, we started financing the Ukraine back then. They were getting money from us even back then. This yeah. whole this whole thing didn't start just recently. This has been going on for years. And what do they, uh, you know, kind of off the track here, but they're, they're known for trafficking, uh, pedophilia. Yeah. Uh, That's right. We, you know, we said, oh, there, there, you know, there were people that said, well, there's bio labs. And no, 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 that, that's not there. Oops. Yeah. It is there. Yep. With our fingerprint on everything. And what has happened here with the Epstein and everything else that's going on? So yeah, definitely they, you know what, like father, like son. Yeah. And there you go. You know, some people say, why would Biden do what he's doing? I think power is intoxicating, and oh, I think yeah. I think he figured this was his last chance to be president, and he just had to be president. I mean, the guy has given up everything that he believed in throughout his life. He was pro-life for most of his political career. And he realized that he had to be for political purposes. He had to be pro-choice and he flipped on a dime. Okay. He is a guy who, uh, um, didn't believe in open borders until it was politically expedient for him to believe in open borders. The guy gave up his, his own Catholic faith. This think about this is this is a guy who for years bragged about being oh I'm Catholic and I'm a practicing Catholic horse baloney. So he sold his soul to sit there and and leave a mark for himself in history. And I I hope he does leave a mark because look at where we were in 2021 when Trump came out of the office. And look at where we are now. Don't listen to the lies they're telling me. Take a look at your pocketbook book. Take a look at where you are right now today. And you're kind of wondering, and just wait to about uh, two or three months from now, you're going to be going, damn. Yeah. Damn. You better vote in November because that damn ain't going to mean a damn thing. And trust me, mark my words. They are going to politicize Hurricane Ian from now until Election Day. They're going to blame relief efforts being slow, and uh, everything bad will be blamed on DeSantis and the Republicans. And it's amazing how they have a narrative together, going back to the previous story there, to it's already DeSantis's fault. He's not ready with this. and re- he, he prepared for this a long time. Yep. But there's no way to ultimately prepare for the 500-year storm 
Whether it's real or manufactured, you cannot 100% prepare for it. But it's easy to point a finger and go, well, but it sure seems rehearsed that they seemed to know or knew they knew everything that was going to happen. These damn Democrats. I'll I, tell you what. I don't have smart, the, aren't they? I don't have the audio, but I have heard this tape of a Democratic representative saying, and I'm not sure whether it was Rashida Tlaib or, but saying, if you don't want uh, hurricanes like Ian, you have to vote for, uh, for the Democratic Party because we believe in climate change. I heard the tape, and I'm thinking, oh come on, you're 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 telling me that a vote for a Democrat is a lack of lack of hurricanes. I, you know, there was a movie like this too about the the government and a politician for power and the people behind him, where we had a satellite, a big space station that controlled the weather and things were kind of out of control. It was out of control because, hey, we were sitting up there, you know, controlling the weather for political gain. I, the, you heard uh, you heard Lyndon Johnson. Yeah, and I remember Ronald Reagan talking about it. Yes, we, you know, we can, after we had a big storm and he was saying, well, you know, we can seed these things and move them. So he admitted it, but we cannot sit there. If we did it back then, well, you know, we would be responsible for where that storm goes if we divert it. You have to keep an open mind, friends. A lot of people who hear what we're talking about today will say, oh, that's nonsense. That's conspiracy theorist stuff. But trust me, they want you to think that. They well, this storm. Oh, go ahead. No, they want you to believe that every idea that is not an idea that they're proposing is wacky and and put put out there by crazy people. But what if it's not? What if it's put out by scientists, by engineers, by people who really know what they're talking about? Bill, I leave. I mean, when I was a kid, when I was a young man back in the seventies, the big thing was global cooling. Global cooling was going to be the difference. It's going to kill mankind. It's going to change our environment. We're going to be in for bad times. And it didn't work out that way. So what Look, did they do? We, yeah. They flipped it. Yeah. You know, you go back to the 60s, going into the 70s. Oh, you know what? We don't have enough gas or long gas lines, and uh, we're not going to make it 10 years. Yeah, but we need money. We need money so we can get beyond this. Well, you know, we gave them money. We opened up our pocketbooks. Where'd that money go? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you know, you got climate change, everything that's going on. And Al Gore, thought, you know, beating his chest about it. And we were, uh, 79, I think we were headed into uh, the biggest uh, ice age coming. Well, that didn't happen. So where were they on this? They were mm -hmm. wrong. Every 10 years, it's something. They've beat the drums of it, and it's wrong. But the one thing that they have been consistent on, they need money. There and is a globalist power trying trying to run the world. There is. I mean, if you go to the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, and you hear what they're saying, guys like Klaus Schwab and uh, the other leaders of the world who who believe in what he's saying, they're talking about about shrinking the world population to five a nice number like 500 million. We've got billions right now. That means some of us have to go, okay, and not be replaced. Mm -hmm. And and, and I, I submit that a nuclear war would be a nice start for these people, right? 
Absolutely. If they want to, if they want to wipe out ninety percent, we can blow them up. We can freeze them out. The pandemic we can didn't work. Them to death. Yeah, the pandemic didn't work. No, you know. Well, you know what? Human life is resilient, and I will tell the globalists this: we, as just whatever we came from, the slime, the muck that came that we were created from, yeah. we're pretty resilient, and. We, we life will go on and we will spit in your face if you if you try you might hurt a well, lot of people if they inject you with uh, vaccines that uh, limit your sperm development and uh, f- make you uh, uh, you know limit your ability to have children uh, that could uh, that could cut back on our resiliency uh, mm-hmm. and and who knows what else they have planned but as far as uh, manipulating Ian, uh, it might be a possibility. And also, you, people may say, well, why? I think power is intoxicating for a lot of people. They have to have control in Washington. There's so much money involved, so much mm-hmm. that they can do. It must be the strongest intoxicant out there for a lot of people, don't you think? Oh, it's absolutely. I Look, we quest for immortality. And we have envisioned ourselves as gods, if not God himself. And we're, we're, we're dabbling in the stuff that we should. And I mean, somebody once said, you know, if you see it in a sci-fi movie, if you think it, somebody's out there developing it. Yeah, take Star Trek. Yeah. They have the transporters that can beam, you know, this object from A to B. No, believe it or not, in the past 10 years, it might be a little over 10 years, they actually shined a light into a transporting device, and then they transported the beam of light to another transporter to where when it got there, the light was shining through, but nothing there to shine it because they actually took the light and transported it. No telling where they are with that right now. Hey. And there, there's other things. Well, look, at look. you talked about how in sci- science fiction, if they think it, it, someone's working on it. Look back uh, at shows like, uh, what was it called, uh, where they had Robbie the Robot? You know what I'm talking. Lost in Space, okay, back mm-hmm. in the 60s. They had a robot, Robbie the Robot, and he, he was darn near human. He would talk and communicate with them and come up with ideas, and he was a character on the show. And we all kind of laughed because we hit fiction. Well, now they have robots. Now they have AI. I'm sitting in a room right now where there's, an AI device five feet from me that I can talk to, and it'll give me some answers. Absolutely. Going back to Lost in Space, the movie, Robbie the Robot, where they were on some alien planet. But then you've also got, you know, oh, danger, Will Robinson, danger. Mm-hmm. We envisioned, though, a robot as a big mechanical thing. Now, as life went on, progressed, you go to Star Trek Next Generation Data, yeah, you know, the only thing an he looked at, yeah. an Android, but to make him still a machine, he had that kind of metallic, yeah. you know, color, you know, that they did with makeup. But you, now you take that fast forward to present time. They've actually, they first they started with the little dogs and now they can cover them with, uh, you know, they take the exoskeleton, cover it with the skin. The dog can yeah. actually be trained to be a mechanical pet. But now they have free thinking android robots so and they could put the exo skin on them what we're saying is if 
they thought about manipulating weather 50 years ago and making it a weapon, uh, odds are they can do it now, okay? I'm just saying, odds are they can do it now. Maybe it's not perfect, but it's a lot better than it was 50 years ago, and they were getting pretty yeah. excited about it 50 years ago. Anyway, uh, let's play this next cut because it's yeah. uh, the second part. It's uh, Colonel Richard Black, retired U.S. Marines and U.S. Army, uh, a guy who was in the military for 32 years. He uh, drafted warnings on the horror of nuclear war and uh, executive orders even for the president. This guy knows what he's talking about. Listen, to, listen to what he has to say. I don't think it's just Ukraine making these comments. I think it's the CIA and the State Department directing them what to do, what to say. Because the U.S., uh, Ukraine is a puppet government of the United States right now. We overthrew the government of Ukraine in 2014. We staged a coup. Uh, Victoria Nuland was intercepted and, and her conversations published. Uh, at the time, she was the Assistant Secretary of State for European and Asian Affairs. And uh, she was overheard discussing uh, how they should restructure uh, the government of Ukraine, you know, who should who should be in what position. And this was at, this, at the time that uh, there was a duly elected president in office, mm -hmm. a fellow named uh, President Yanukovych. Uh, he'd been elected by all of the Ukrainian people, the U.S., the CIA, MI6, British MI6. They helped to stage a coup, a uh, violent overthrow of the government, and uh, and uh, so this has been a puppet government ever since uh, ever since that overthrow occurred in 2014. So we overthrew the government in 2014 during the the time of uh, President Obama. So I, I would imagine that Obama gave explicit instructions. He he probably had to to sign off on some sort of. Uh, uh, directive that would authorize the, the coup to take place. Uh, I don't know that for a fact, but uh, it, it's almost worse if he didn't, if, if, if they did this without the president uh, even authorizing it. So I, I assume that he was complicit in it. And then immediately we began, after, after we had overthrown the government of Ukraine, we began flooding the country with advanced weapons uh, that were designed to enable them to kill Russians. And uh, so that's, that's where, where all of this began. And now I think what's happening to some extent, uh, the more... Uh, contrary to what you see in the media, the war has not gone quite right for Ukraine. They've had some some highly publicized successes, but uh, they've come at, at enormous uh, cost to them. And uh, uh, so, so now there's this talk about nuclear. We, you know, we've got to prepare and acclimate the American public to the idea of. Well, maybe a little nuclear war wouldn't hurt. If a few nukes 
that have put these Russians in their in their place. Maybe we can break up Russia, uh, dissolve it into into various territories, and perhaps we can move in and privatize their industries. And uh, maybe maybe some of the some of the, the boys from from Davos, the globalists, can move in and and pick up. Russian resources at a nickel on the on the dollar, just like they're about to do in Ukraine. Um, so I'm just I, I think it's time that we start thinking about this. Ukraine is not a vital national interest in the United States. Very few people even recognize uh, b before all this began. A lot of people couldn't have told you what continent. Ukraine was was on. They couldn't have told you what what do they make? What what do they what do they do? I'm not sure many people could today. Uh, and here we are talking about a global nuclear holocaust that could kill 60% of the world's population in order to say well, we're going to show you, Ruskies. We'll we'll show you we're bigger than you are. We're going to wipe out uh, the majority of civilization, and that'll show you. Well, what about us? What about the American people? What about all my grandchildren, my children, my grandchildren, your your family? What about the American people? Don't we matter at all? Why, why do we care about the boys from Davos and all the wars that they plan? No sooner were we out of Afghanistan than they said, well, we got to get in another war. And uh, uh, I, I think we're in a very dangerous position where they're trying to get us accustomed to this idea that maybe, maybe we could do a nuclear war. And I think my message is we can't. Uh, every president for generations now has approached nuclear war with the utmost caution uh, until President Obama, he began to take reckless steps in 2014 when he overthrew the government of Ukraine, which is right on the Russian border. And he did so knowing that in 2007, there had been high-level diplomatic exchanges that involved um, uh, U.S. Ambassador to Russia, William Burns. And Burns uh, laid out uh, for the president, for for the uh, you know for the NATO, for all all of the different organizations. He said, "Look, we better watch out because." Um, uh, the, the Russians have made it clear that they cannot accept having uh, a uh, potentially a nuclear armed NATO member of Ukraine. Ukraine must not be brought into NATO. And yet uh, we, we move forward uh, with sort of taking the first, the initial steps of bringing uh, Ukraine into NATO. We haven't done it yet, but now we've we've armed them to the teeth. Uh, we've built up a huge army. It's actually it's a much bigger army than the army that the the Russians have. People don't realize that they think, oh, the Russians, you know, taking advantage of this little little country. No, we created a huge army in Ukraine, much bigger than the one that the Russians are fighting with, and. Uh, 
And, and so under Obama, we became reckless, and under Biden, we are becoming more reckless. We have President Biden staring into the into the TV screen, making pointed threats. You better not do this, or or else um, we better back off because I don't think it's worth the lives of one 200 million American people uh, and the destruction of all of our cities over some border dispute between Russia and Ukraine. Colonel Richard Black, a retired U.S. Marines and U.S. Army, and uh, he kind of lays it all out there, and you got to think about it. you gotta, you got to stop and think about it for a second. Uh, what's happening? Are we being pushed into a nuclear war? And he, he asked the question, what about us? What about the American people? What about our kids, our grand grandchildren? Even if you are the leftist of the left and you just think everything that the Republicans do is is wrong, you got to stop for a second and think about the possibility that we may be headed for a nuclear war, which, by the way, is is not partisan. It's not uh, left or no, right. It's not. When those bombs go off, it takes us all out. Yeah, and you know, yeah, the the long term effect. You know, the history of your family gone, mm-hmm. you gone, your tomorrow of your generation gone. You never existed. You never were. So your life is now a waste. Yep. Your father's life was a waste. His father's life was a waste. All because of some rich bastard yes. wanting to be greedy. Now, what are they going to do? They have shelters, even for our government. That's right. Long That's, time ago, they they built remember, these underground. Remember bunkers. Greenbrier down in West Virginia, Greenbrier right. uh, was a resort down in West Virginia. Uh, back in the fifties and sixties, they the government gave Greenbrier a lot of money and said, "Look at you can do some additions to your building and make it a better, more attractive resort, but you can't talk about what we're doing underneath your hotel." You can't talk about it. That's top secret. That's between us and us, (laughs) meaning it was a secret. What they did is they built a massive congressional bomb shelter, and it it was secret till like the 80s or the 90s when somebody slipped it out and uh, they literally had to move it. Now it's a tourist attraction. Yeah, it's a tourist attraction, but, you know, there is uh, another facility and there's a few of them. Yes. Uh, and even NORAD, you know, now there were movies, you know, of impending doom, and they took the NORAD mountain and opened the thing up for people to go into. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. Uh, that'll never happen. You might know where it is. You're, it'd be, you'll, you'll be damned to try to get into that place. Yeah. But there are other secure locations. Probably here in Pennsylvania, there are places that were well-suited for something like that. So uh, you ask, why would they do this? Because it'll benefit them, the rich. Mm-hmm. It will benefit the globalists that he was talking about, the people who go to the Davos meetings, who want a smaller population, who uh, if it, it, they want a different world than the one you're living in right now. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, Joe Biden, he's a pawn. He's a silly pawn. We have ridiculous people in our in our government right now. Yesterday, uh, Kamala Harris was uh, at the DMZ between North and South Korea, and uh, she made a statement saying uh, how proud she was of the long and friendly relationship, uh, the partnership that uh, her government had with the Republic of North Korea. 
She said the Republic of North Korea. Okay, this she is the yeah. this is the vice president of the United States of America, and she doesn't know who she's talking about. I mean, we have two buffoons in the highest office. I have to ask you a question. When I mm-hmm. was in the, when I went into the army, okay, I had to raise my hand even as a as a private and say, I vow to serve and protect our country from enemies, both foreign and domestic. My question is, do we have enemies in our country right now running our government who we should be protected from? Well, maybe so. But, you know, they, they're the ones that are saying that there is a, a domestic enemy, and that would be... MAGA. Yeah, MAGA, Trump, any Republican. Because first it used to be MAGA. And then they realized, no, nah, it's not, no, no, no. We're going to go beyond anybody that has voted Republican, you know, or leans conservative, even mildly so, you're an enemy of yeah. the state. And yeah. you do not deserve a what trial. What was that saying? Show me your friends. Show me your friends and I'll tell you what you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I look around at uh, the people that have surrounded Joe Biden they're the same people, for the most part, who surrounded Barack Obama. It's interesting how we went into the Ukraine during Obama's administration, overthrew a government, and caused well, chaos then. You bring up something interesting about Obama, because he was, you know, he, he served his eight years, and he was asked, boy, you know, how, you know, would you like a third term? And he goes, well, it'd be nice to be able to sit down downstairs yeah. in my underwear and uh, have an earpiece and uh, have a puppet. Well, the interesting thing is, is it 80 or 90%, 90% of Biden's support people, his yeah. cabinet, are the Obama people? That Victoria Nuland that you heard them talk about, yeah. uh, she's still in government, pulling the strings. So if, if, if it's all of Obama's people that are pretty much there with Biden, 90%, then, and, you're, and you're, you question, you know, Biden's, uh, you know, uh, mental uh, cognibility, well, then, you know, it just might be that Biden is still, I mean, uh, Obama is still calling the shots. Yeah. He was a 40 percenter president. Don't let the media tell you any otherwise. He never got out of those numbers. He was in the toilet the whole time, yet he's revered as one of the biggest, best presidents there were. Mm. And he's the guy that went over and talked about, you know, hey, we're not the country we used to be. Yeah. We're not religious. We're, we're not this. We're, we're not racist. That. Yeah, we're racist. racist. Yeah. You know, he, he has poo-pooed us and has been dragging us down. Well, there's a reason for that. You know, he didn't walk into the White House rich. He was not a rich guy, but somehow he got some money. Oh, listen, you know, you see his mansion on Martha's Vineyard. You know, He's got he, a lot of them now. People said, why didn't he put a few tents on his lawn and take care of those 50 illegals that were brought up there uh, by jet uh, a couple of weeks ago? He wants nothing to do with them. That's exactly right. He's a globalist. Now, he got, he got, he got welcomed into the rich fold, and they gave him the money, and they set him up. And now he's just doing their bidding for them. Um, I know our time was probably tight. I was, I mentioned, you know, we were talking about, you know, with the weather thing and, uh, we, we've talked about a lot of different things. There was an interesting thing I saw, you know, you wonder where we're going with technology. Um, they actually took a, a molecule, I guess it could have been a rock, a pebble or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. They actually. I, I don't know how they checked this, but they have a way of doing it. They took it and they 
did tra time travel with it. They transported it back in time and were able to bring it back forward. So if you've ever wondered or talked about, you know, that kind of thing, they're actually experimenting with it. And I'm sure they're going to do it with animals. But can you imagine, and if you can imagine it, it can happen, that if we could take a person and go back in time, you know, uh, Linda B. Johnson said the man who controls the weather can, you know, has the ultimate power, can control the world. No, the person that can control time and make it to where you can go back or forward, go back, you can change the reality of today. That's the man that can control the world. And we're playing with that stuff. Well, everything that uh, you can imagine, everything that we used to watch on TV, like we said, back in the 60s and 70s, it was science fiction. A lot of that is, is the being... The time tunneled. Yep. You know, you even think silly things like, do you remember on uh, Star Trek, the uh, communicator that uh, they would they would That's take out of their phone. pocket? It is. They would flip it and they'd talk into it. Like You know my first cell phone? I flipped open. Like it was a communicator. I know. Exactly. Um Interesting thing, Bill, that uh, we should point out, uh, apparently President Biden is preparing a major executive order to shield over 600,000 illegal immigrants from deportation, to shield them. He's going to put, he's putting a, an executive order together so that no matter what, there, at least over half a million people who came into this country illegally can't be sent back. Why would he do this? Why? You know, uh, I haven't got a good Which answer. Which is why we need to change the people in power now that support what he's doing. The midterms are important, and then it's important to get this idiot. <laughs> it's the nicest word I can come up with for him. You know, out of the White House. When I said to you about uh, we raised our hand to serve and protect, you know, mm -hmm. from enemies both foreign and domestic, uh, do you think that our our governments, I mean, our military, actually take that oath seriously? And if they do, and if they felt that the government was in the hands of corrupt people, enemies of our country, do you think our military has the courage and the uh, gumption to uh, defend us from any further harm? Take it back. Well, I, I point to Miley. Would he? Millie, Miley, Millie, whatever. Millie, 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 yeah. Millie. Look at him. Would he? Yeah. Obviously not. Yeah. Well, he was ready to give up uh, stuff to uh, Russia if he had then to. Then I, I submit that we may be screwed <laughs> because if we have bad guys who are running our government uh, and there's no consequences, they can just do it. Uh, I mean, well, we, already have, we, have, we already I'm, have the FBI acting as an arm. I have a, I have a, a story here. Haven't got much time, but we can go a little over because it's the weekend show. Um, yep. FBI purging conservative employees and retaliating against whistleblowers. The FBI is purging conservative employees and retaliating against whistleblowers. Mm -hmm. What does that say about the FBI? That goes to what you were talking about, about uh, uh, the wrong people being in law enforcement. You can't have that kind of mentality and and be in a but you're going to I mean everything it's sad. everything that we're talking about nowadays is upside down. They're trying to make things that were 
abnormal normal in our society. And if you complain about it, you're the problem. Okay. If Mm -hmm. you believe that we should have uh, men and women's restrooms. If you believe that men shouldn't compete on women's sports teams, well, you're the one who has an issue, not them. You know, they are on the right path. I, I point to this here. This is a short uh, audio clip from a uh, cross-examination in Congress of a Planned Parenthood doctor, a Planned Parenthood doctor. You got to listen. It's short, but listen. Dr. Kamara, right. can biological men become pregnant and give birth? Uh-huh. Um, so men can have pregnancies, especially trans men. Did you catch that one more time for the folks at home, right? Dr. Yeah. Kamara, can biological men become pregnant and give birth? Um, so men can have pregnancies, especially trans men. That is a Planned Parenthood doctor. That's not an intern, an orderly. That's not some guy who works in janitorial. That's a doctor. Now, I was probably the poorest of the biology students in college. But I can tell you that they never once said a male could have a child. Never once. Okay? And, and, and And as far as I know, they can't. Unless they've done something that I don't know about. They would have to, number one, plant everything in the man and probably go in and engineer him to where, and I say engineer, go in and cut him up so mm-hmm. that he could carry that baby and nurture that baby. But So they would, t- um, they would physically make him a woman. Yeah, but you know what? A man cannot conceive to another man. Uh, a child, I mean, I don't even want to know or talk about that. I mean, that right there. I know. I was thinking about breakfast, and now I just ruined it for myself. Yes. But, you know, they're selling this, folks. They're selling it to you, to our children, to our grandchildren, and some of the innocents who aren't truly thinking for themselves kind of believe it. They take it at face value. They're not deep thinkers yet, especially young people. You know, young people are so busy with their lives. They're in college. They're trying to learn certain things. They're trying to get to the next level. It's it's not an easy time for young people. Plus, they've gone through physical changes. They have had turmoil. They've had love relationships. Everything is new to them. They don't spend a lot of time looking around their world, thinking about things like uh, political issues. When actually oh. they should, when actually, when actually they should. And, yeah, uh, and the kids now are being indoctrinated at a very young age that, uh, th- they, they are planting the seeds to make kids believe at a young age that, oh, well, I really haven't identified sexually yet. And my teacher says that all of us are this, and it's like, come on. Well, let nature take its course. Don't predict. Well, you know, if we're going to manipulate the skies, I guess we can manipulate our kids. They're allowing books into school libraries that when we were Mm -hmm. younger would have been called pornography. They're allowing people to, they're saying to people that if you have a three-year-old, it can choose its own sex. It can be a transgender if it wants to at at three. Um, This is what they're saying. They're throwing, and they're throwing these things out as if it's fact. They're, that's the problem. They're, they're just inundating us with these ridiculous statements 
and uh, and facts that really aren't facts, if you know what I mean. We've got perverts, people that are perverted, running our country, and they want to turn everyone into... This is Sodom and Gomorrah in the making. I mean, we've got perverts running the show, and that's what they want. They want to turn this into a perv world. I would submit that uh, this is the show. This is the show you should listen to again, and yeah. and listen to uh, listen to the guy in the beginning of the show who talks about geoengineering and the possibility of it being a, a real thing. Then go maybe to his the website and look around for yourself. Check on it. Uh, I don't know as much about it as I'd like, but I did go to the site and looked around and it looks, it looked sincere. Um, I know that the audio clips of Johnson is real. I, that's Lyndon Johnson talking. He was the 36th president of the United States. He who controls the weather controls the world. Um, think for yourself. Uh, this is the show that you should be passing on to other people because it's, um, Important stuff. Are we headed toward a nuclear war? We don't win. We don't win. Nobody wins in a nuclear war. And when one either limited range or big bad, you know, Bertha comes flying, one goes, they all fly. Yeah. And uh, don't think they won't. And the hypersonic, the hypersonic missile the Russians have, we, we can't knock it down. It's too fast. Yeah. Now, he talked about you have about a 10-second time frame. Well, that's actually when ours launch and they detect, it's pretty obvious with the satellites when ours are coming. They're going over the top mm-hmm. because if we go under the bottom, ours are slower. Mm-hmm. And it's just a fact. They are they got the precision, the precision of a dime. The, you know, that we find a spot, we could hit that dime wherever it is. And it's going to, its yield is going to go. Now, I say that. Uh, we talked about it. These nukes are old. How long, you know, are they are they good for you? Know, well, like the encouraging kids. thing was he said our nuclear weapons are probably in better shape than theirs. He did say yeah, that. that. Yeah, so there there might be some duds, but, you know, that means somebody launches a dud. Are you going to be the one that goes and checks it out to see, yeah, this thing is boom. Oh, <laughs> well, not, uh, not only that, but he well, said you're ground zero. He said one submarine has 100 nuclear weapons on it. Russian well, submarine. the one thing, yeah. Uh, well, I think that's because they have that warhead that's where it's like a shotgun where the little shells in it scatter the nuclear uh, that they can mm-hmm. target. So when it gets up at altitude over its destination, then it launches out. You know, each of those missiles might it, have yeah. 10. Like a spray. Right. Yeah. Now, but the Russians also, they claim, and I believe it's probably true, that they actually have, uh, you know, the, the submarines with the torpedoes, that the you know the nuclear tip torpedoes, and which is interesting because this thing could be underwater, far enough out, and go okay. There's DC. We're going to take this torpedo and hit the shorelines, and all they need is the nuclear fallout, mm-hmm. and we wouldn't know that torpedo was coming. Well. We've done it again. Uh, this was a little longer than our normal show, but we had a lot to talk about. Yeah. And I think we'll probably be talking about this stuff again, probably on Monday show and Tuesday show. These are scary times and I hope we're all paying attention. Yeah. Pay attention over the weekend because somehow that's when all the crap comes out. Might I suggest 
to our listeners, I know this sounds scary. Uh, go to Amazon.com or some whatever website you use like that. Look for iodine tablets, okay? Iodine tablets. You still mm-hmm. you still can get them, and in case there is, God forbid, uh, any kind of nuclear war, um, you're going to need them because if right. you if you're not bothered by the blast, if you make it through the blast, there is radiation and fallout, and the iodine uh, protects you in many ways from it be, from it killing you, from it killing you. And so I'm yeah. just I'm just saying you might want to get them. They're not terribly expensive. Put a couple of jars, uh, bottles of iodine tablets in your closet just in case. It's not going to hurt. Worst case scenario is you blew some money and you never use them, and that's just fine. Yeah. I mean, what what have you spent money on of something? Oh, that's cool. And then it just sits in a yep. closet in a drawer going, yeah, I got this because <laughs> I don't know. Why, why did I, I get this? Exactly. <laughs> hey, yeah, folks. Hell, I raced it. We have a phone number you can call us if you have some uh, comments about today's show. 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868, or 833-LET'S-VOTE, okay? And, of course, you can always send your comments to to mail at itsanotherday.com, mail at itsanotherday.com. And, and we're on Facebook, too. I'm seeing people finding the Facebook location. That's been a little slow to go, but now that you're finding it, when I see a post, there, I'll answer you or Jim will we'll, we'll, we'll get back to you and say, hey, welcome. Glad you found us. Uh, because that's a, that's another way to market the show. We have and, some uh, interesting things coming up uh, very soon. Some announcements we will be making about the show. and uh, But we can't yeah, do we've it been teasing yet. that. Pardon? Yeah, we've been teasing it. But it's in the works. I mean, yeah, that's, uh, it, it'll be fun. And uh, it's just another way to get the show. We'll put it that yeah, way. Okay. We don't want to give too much away. You got to no. keep them hanging. Keep them, keep them wanting more, as they would say. Hey, listen. Wanting more, yeah. Have yeah. a wonderful weekend. Again, this is a show you might want to listen to a few times because of what uh, these guys are saying. It's, it's uh, interesting and, and kind of scary. And if you want to hear that whole interview with uh, Richard Black, you can go to uh, gatewaypundit.com. It's uh, Joe Hoff, who's uh, one of the co-owners of Gateway Pundit interviewing Colonel Black. And maybe if, if we had the link, we might want to post it on our website too, if people don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. As long as yeah, you'll have to give that link to me. I'll post it. I'm, I'm actually looking at the geoengineering site. Uh, they've got a lot of stuff on here and a lot of interesting stuff. And you might not sit there and go, ah, well, I don't know, but you know, I have seen on Facebook, people go, why do I see these big planes go, you know, going oh, I know. over and with and contrails? How many people talk about contrails? Yeah, and they're explaining that, and that goes back to the weather thing because and that goes back 20, 30, 40, 50 years because this technology has been there. But what they're talking about in the video now is that it's gone beyond just that. Well, so. here we are once again. We're trying to sign off, and we're starting to hold into the show again. It's, hey, it's, it's amazing. Hey, listen, have a wonderful weekend. We'll do it again on Monday. Thanks for being a part of It's Another Day. And uh, anything you want to add before we pull the plug on this one? Uh, well, as long as you pull the plug, because if we leave the plug in, I'll trip over it and 
That's true. Probably chip a tooth or something. I don't know. I thank you, Mr. Coordination. Have, no, thank ha- you. Have a, have a wonderful weekend. Take care, Bill. I'll see you.